everyone. Welcome to episode 50. I feel like that's like a big one. Like half of 100. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't realise it's 50. Maybe if we were like less stressed, we would have actually planned something <laughs> yeah. good. That's true. The big 5-0. Mm. We should have marked this. We haven't, clearly. Because yeah. no. um, we're just, we'll have like a little <laughs> quick pre-show whinge before um, before we start recording. Don't worry, it's not going to be depressing this time. Although last time, Krista said, like, potentially my favourite ever quote. I've used it so much already. Oh, no. I dread yeah, this. I love it. When, like, so much was, like, just a disaster. To be fair, most of it still is this time. But anyway. Um, yeah. And I was like, you know, it's, it's not so bad, though. And Krista was like, but sometimes you don't want to make a hobnob out of shit. Yeah. And I was like. That's true. That Try is... to make a hobnob out of dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm using that. I'm using that a lot at the minute, um, <laughs> but I'm going to. Well, keep... I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that there was one, you know, <laughs> positive highlight on the horizon. <laughs> I'm going to keep my news upbeat, um, and say that I literally have just got a video from the guy who has got bougie. Um, oh yay! And he went in the arena for the first time today, and amazing. Took it really, really well. And the guy said, like, um. I feel bad called the guy, James. Um, James said that if he carries on as good as he did today, he can probably come home this weekend. So that's really exciting. Obviously, he could well, you know, spit his dummy out tomorrow, but that'll be really nice to have Bougie back. And in other good news, um, after what happened at Western Lawns, the amazing Dr. Dai, our little show uh, doctor. Yes. I know, she's incredible. Got in touch and uh, kicked my ass and told me that I had to take it further. And so, yes, there's the hospital and they're like taking it really seriously and they're going to try and look into it and get to the bottom of why that's happening for me. So that's oh, really that's cool. brilliant. I'm really pleased for you because it's going to give you some peace of mind. I said Dr. Dai is the best, isn't she? She is. It's just the best. But yeah, go you. That's brilliant. It's hard to be proactive about these things because it can be frightening. Like you just, you know, know, obviously it's it's a frightening. It's to do with your head. If it was your arm, or your leg, or whatever, it's less worrying. So, I got myself in a right like. But it's going to be better, I'm sure. On Sunday night, because so I'll I'll keep this super brief. I promise. Um, so I was out on Friday. Henry wanted to go to clip and climb, like climbing wall thing for kids. He's literally harped on about it. We took him, we paid 15 quid, we waited two and a half hours and he was fucking terrified, didn't want to do it. Um, I forced him up a couple of walls, but the whole thing was... <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. Yeah, you were down the bottom of it, weren't you? With the long, with the, with the lunge whip, go, get out the wall! I've been here for hours! <laughs> Honest to God, if I had had a lunge whip, I'd have, I'd have had him up that wall with a lunge whip. I had to come out in the end. I was like, Ben, you will have to deal with this. Persuade him to, to scale a wall. He didn't mind the climbing. He didn't want to come back down. Yeah. So anyway. I've had this with escalators. Up is fine, but down, that was how I ended up. I don't know if I've told that story on here, where I just had a moment of madness last September, getting everything ready for the return to school. And I'd forgotten about the down escalator thing, like Henry with his down walls. <laughs> and... I, I forgot. So I got onto this gigantic escalator in what is our prime market. It's called Pennies here. And I was on the way down and I was hot and sweaty and in a rush and trying to get shit for school and everything. And I realised the child wasn't with me. And then I had this absolute moment of insanity where instead of at my age, at my age, with my many physical failings, instead of going down the down 
back, back up the up room. collecting the child. No, I turned around and I ran <gasps> up the down escalator <gasps> with an armful of clothes. And I made it almost all the way to the top <gasps> when I tripped. <gasps> and I came down on my kneecap on the other jaggedy spiky edge. Yeah. Yeah, came down on my kneecap and the pain and the immediate bleeding and everything was excruciating. And I was lying there on the escalator and it was going down and down and I couldn't get up. And I was like, uh, 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 on the escalator. And um, and then I had that flashback. Do you remember when we were kids, there was that episode of 999 of your man in the in the one that had the wooden escalators, but he got he got his trouser legs stuck in the escalator and it sucked up his foot. <gasps> I just had this horror story from that bloody 999 episode. And, I, and that's what came into my head when I was going down the escalator, too incapacitated to stand. Mm-hmm. The child still bellowing from the top. I managed to sort of get off the end of the escalator without it gobbling me up. And there was this man and he, he worked in the store and he wandered over and he very calmly and it clearly in a state of disbelief that anybody could be that stupid. Never mind me at my age. It's like, are you, are you all right? And I was like, no. And then a very kindly lady who worked in the store, who radioed upstairs and she brought the child down and I was too embarrassed. I, I hopped out. Anyway, that was a really long, boring diversion of that. was not my child boring. doesn't, my child doesn't do down things either and I had I had to go to a fucking for an MRI on my knee well I'm not surprised your child doesn't do down things after fucking witnessing that Christ I heard the escalator story I didn't see that 999 yeah. I loved 999 yeah. haunted me it's haunted me for 30 years that thing but that I used thing. to like do that thing where you'd go down and then you'd go right to the end and kind of let it bounce your toe up and my mum must have said one time to me oh. it'll suck your toe up well after that's that so honestly I literally yeah. would get like it was Jump. kind of a toss-up of how high I could, like, hurl myself off the escalator so that I was nowhere near the bottom. I was, like, you know, like, one of those, like, games ponies trembling on and the escalator, ready to, like, this, hurl. Yeah, that's why you're a show jumper. But you taught yourself <laughs> early on. That's why you're a show jumper now. Anyway, I'm really sorry because I, I don't know that I had to come out with that giant long story. Um, what was it? Please oh, continue. Yeah. So Henry, you were so rudely interrupted about Henry refusing to come down. 100% worth it for the escalator story. I'm about the escalator story. <laughs> um, yeah, so he didn't want to go up because obviously what comes up must go down. Um, must come down, Fucking dogs having a drink, as per usual. I swear they save. I swear they don't drink at all all day on podcast days. It's fine. It's, it's um, a feature now. It's a feature now. So, so um, we did that and then we went for a pizza. I'm sitting in the pizza hut Seb decides he needs fed, won't take a bottle, so I have to feed him. So I'm already in this, like, heaving, like, restaurant, window seat, breastfeeding Seb. My phone rings. I was like, it's a number to recognise. Okay, I'll answer it. And the doctor um, from the RVI was like, "Um, can you come in right now? (laughs) And I'm like, no. And anyway, we got our wires crossed because at one point I was kind of like, oh, look, can I just quickly race there like you know Ben can eat the kids it then transpired that he actually wanted me to stay in he was like we'll probably let you out Monday I was like absolutely not like how am I managing this like yeah so anyway I ended up going on Monday but yeah I got myself on Sunday night I got myself in a right like state about it I was getting like really anxious and I don't surprised though it is a really worrying thing you poor poor thing especially when it's happened a couple of times like yeah, but they re- they were really, really good. So anyway, hopefully they're gonna fix my head. That'll be with that'll be winning. And Bougie might come home. So that I'm just I'm sidetracking anything shitty that's going on and we're just sticking with that as my news. That- yeah. Um how's Pancake and Manny? 
Manny is mint. He's going so well. I'm so excited. That's Pancake. So cool. The vet is coming on Thursday. Just yeah. to have a bit of a look. Um, I don't know. Just kind of see where we're at with him, really. Is he sound? He's sound. He's always fucking... The bastard's always sound. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's sound with just deformed legs and yeah. an unusual personality. Yeah. I mean, true of many, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Belinda with her bucket how's her leg now oh I'm saving her for one of the week oh okay good stuff we'll skim past <laughs> Belinda so she'll have to wait good, good. what about you um, I don't really have any news apart from you know the news um, so Bear obviously had her SI injected there a few, a couple of, a few weeks ago three weeks ago and um, as I said in the last podcast, it had actually just got worse than it normally would because I had just been hacking or trying to give her a bit of a break and I hadn't caught up quickly enough with the fact that, yeah, because I wasn't schooling her, I wasn't quick enough to pick up that she actually was much worse than normal. Normally when she goes to be injected, she's, she would never have got that far. So I felt pretty shit about that, poor little horse. But um, so I went up and did that and then we, she had a week off and then was doing a bit of road work or whatever and started her back in the arena and... I wasn't sure if she like, you know, it could take a little bit of a little bit of time to kind of catch up. I think sometimes mentally that, that it's not so sore and that they're okay, but I wasn't sure. And I was kind of dithering, but my vet was in Tokyo and I knew that if I knew if I rang him, which was no way I was going to do when he was in Tokyo, because he'd be like, really God, go away with your fucking pony patting. Will you? I'm doing serious vet things over here. Um, I knew if I asked him, he was going to say, look, just work on a little bit more and see how she feels in a few yeah. days. I, I knew he was going to say that. So I did um and she did quite a bit of work last Wednesday and was was okay and then on Thursday she went for a long hack and then she came back and did 10 minutes in the arena just to consolidate and see where she was at after the day before she was fine and she went out in the field and she came in on Thursday afternoon with a massive front leg and I was like oh bollocks and I kind of couldn't exactly work out why or how but she's really stupid in the field as well so you know who knows? So I hosed it and iced it and played it and put the back on track wraps on and did the whole thing. And then Friday, it seemed a lot better. So I hacked her, put her out in the field, came from the field, like it was even worse. And I was like, fuck. And it was between the DDFT and the suspensory from about halfway down. And it was a real spongy, quite big yeah. filling. Not exactly typical of a problem, more of like a tendon cheese type presentation than an actual structural drama, but nonetheless... She wasn't lame at all. That was the only thing. So, but with tendons, you know yourself from pancake, like if they're not lame, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't no. mean it's not a catastrophe. That yeah. Tendons are weird that way. So anyway, I took her up to the vets. They were great. I rang them on Friday night at five o'clock when they were all trying to go home. And they were like, come in on Monday morning. So I did. And she's fine. She has burst blood vessels in the leg and all the soft, all the structures are completely fine. Scan clean as a whistle. So we're just continuing icing and hosing and whatnot. And um, if it doesn't come down a bit more, then he'll put her on a bit of aspirin for a while, but it should resolve. So that was really, really lucky. Yeah. It's like, it's um, not good, but in the situation, it's a good outcome. Of any filling or swelling in the lower limb, that's probably the best reason, yeah. to be fair. You know, that's probably the best reason. And then Molly, Molly randomly started head shaking again in the stable which she never which she hadn't done previously and I was like fuck so I rang that best different bet for that <laughs> so I rang that bet it was amazing he sent a prescription by email straight to the chemist and the chemist, I had antihistamines for within an hour and that was great so she went on to those and she's fine again so great 
you know, they're grand. And then Ping is in wild form now that she's the only pony in the village that's doing anything useful. And she's just, she's so funny today. I worked her today and she was really, really good. I can't really control her very well on a straight line because she's quite fresh. <laughs> but uh, so we've just been doing quite a lot in a circle and transitions mm. and stuff. And then uh, I have a really bad habit where I don't close my hands on the rain. I always have my hands are always open on the rain, which is it's nice. Yeah, I find it, it's ridiculously bad excuse, but I always, I have more sensitivity or something like that. Like when I close my so fist, so much the same. Yeah, when I close my fist, it feels like I'm gripping the rain too much or something. And the but problem then do is your reins just get like progressive? Away. Yeah. Oh, they just they fall out my hands. Yeah. Usually at a really inopportune moment when I'm turning to a fence or something. And you're like, um, oh, now I've got washing lines, and before I didn't. Yeah, totally this. Um, so I, today she was she was cantering or whatever, and then she 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 sneezed or shook her head or something, and I wasn't really in and I drop one of my reins or both of my reins and then she then saw like there was no one steering so she put her head down between my knees and she fucking rode you and the whole way across the arena it was so funny she was in she was in terrific form so um I know I saw the video of her in the stable oh my god she's just in, I don't. I don't think she's ever been as well as she is at the minute. So that's so that's so exciting, and it's so much fun. And you know, and I got off her today, and I was just laughing, and I was just—it yeah. was such a tonic. It yeah. was such a tonic after the other idiots with their itchy noses and sore legs. And then <laughs> we've had a bit of an issue with Sandarina. Um, I put a new surface down last winter, and it's been really, really good until it got very dry in the summer. And we oh, were rolling and watering so. and rolling and watering. Oh fuck me, Sandarina struck me nuts. We we didn't like we, we worked really hard to keep it right. But every time it pissed rain, two little channels were appearing in the same two places every time. And quite recently, the channels were so deep that I was seeing stone. And I definitely put quite a lot of very expensive membrane down. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I don't. I saw a couple of times I just rolled over and pretended it wasn't happening. But anyway, <laughs> time came. I needed to actually address the issue. Um, my, my, my poor husband, he's been so good. He went down with me last night and we dug back over these spots. And this is just why. He didn't ever need to go to the beach. I'm telling you, he's, he's sick of sand. And I kind of am <laughs> beginning to agree with him. Uh, so he scraped it back and like just the bits of the membrane over these two little channels have got loads of tiny holes in them. Not a rip or a tear, but it's like we had a man across the road who put the arena in and he's really good at all this kind of stuff. And he said that when the, when the sand got deep and got dry, he says there's not enough sand on the arena and it's moving. Okay. And it's the membrane's getting too much friction he's right. like you need more sand and I'm looking at Bear's legs going I, I can't put more sand on that because she's yeah. gonna break yeah so I went a bit mad and I ordered fiber which is coming at the end of the month that's what I need in mine yeah I've ordered the fiber and I now have to put down another three inches of sand uh I have to repair the membrane and then we have to put down three inches more sand which is coming yeah. next Friday and then I have to put the fiber in and I swear to god I haven't a fucking clue how I'm gonna pay for any of this not a clue but that's the, the thing, is, anything that you do with the arenas are so insane. expensive. And it's so frustrating, isn't it? It's just mm. like, how is this so difficult? Like, I'm sure if you like have po- pocks of money and you're like, yeah, ring up your fancy arena company, it's it's fine. But when you're trying to kind of do it yourself, as best like, you we're can. We're so lucky yeah. in that our kind of next door neighbours put in like the most incredible arenas. Amazing. And ours was already here when we moved in. And the fact that we've lived here like 11 or 12 years, I think, and the arena is still incredible, is like, yeah. I'm so, so lucky. But just like it really, for the amount 
I do in it, it really could do with fiber, but exactly like you, I'm like, where, where's, where we're pulling this money from? Like, I don't know. I literally don't know. And I, as a porn, I like, he made such a big effort the last time with it and it needed loads more stone than we thought. And he just, he was brilliant when we, when we changed the surface in October. And then last night he came out and as I said, he was looking through it and he's just, then this morning he rang the guy across like that. He does quite a lot of arenas and he put, he did a lot of work on ours when it went last time. So he kind of is a lot more clued in than we are. And um, he's just been brilliant. I'm so grateful. And yet at the same time, horrified that this fucking box of sand is bleeding us dry. Yeah. For me to faff around on a couple of horses that can't decide if they've got, you know, <laughs> four legs and a working immune system or not. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know that's like ages, like ages ago. I wanted to extend ours just because like, 20 by 40 is not ideal for jumping yeah. horses mine's the same yeah like you were either on a bending line if you want to work down a longer distance yeah or you're stuck at a double yeah you, it's you, really well, tricky you wanna, you, yeah you'd like to be on like five or six strides and moving and keep going and have a good turn and a good turnout same as yourself yeah yeah because exactly like we spoke about last time you know i can't practice a ring canter in a 20 by 40 because i'd be jump yeah. money would be over the fence and Ben, bless him, you know, really like, thought, you know, we were trying to price it all up and what have you. And but exactly like you've just said, I kind of got to the stage where I was like, fuck me, Ben. Basically, I'm pissing about on like a few yeah. horses like, I, you know, I fall off fucking willy nilly. Like my head's testament to that. Like, I can't really justify us spending any more money. You know, but to be fair, like you're way further on than I am. Like, at least you're going to proper shows and jumping proper tracks. Like, I mean. The last two years and particularly this year I've, I, I haven't even been doing that so like you know when you're standing there going I can't justify it I'd be looking at you going you can you can you're doing it properly <laughs> but when you feel like that I kind of I that's exactly the same I get it and I'm like anyway you know it's 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 great news in as much as I'm very lucky that he's being so supportive about it and he's so determined to get it right so I'm, I'm really really blessed um and I'm it will be fine it will yeah. be fine and I'm sure once the fiber goes in it's going to be much more stable um yeah, I'm I, so, say, like I'm so excited to put fiber in mine. I'd Adam Pierre is the the guy who does the arenas. Um, he was like, it'll make a massive, massive difference to you. He said, like, yeah. for someone who yeah. does like as much kind of jumping and cantering and stuff in the arena as you do, he's like, it will make such a difference to the stability for you. So I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I just I think after this, if I like, I tell you, I'm really worried because you know. I'm like, I'm afraid he's going to be like, if I mention the Sandarina again ever when this is finished, I, I, I'm, I have assumably found a way to pay for it. He's going to turn around next time I mention the Sandarina and he's going to be like, no, just, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. I'm filing for divorce. <laughs> you can take your sand and fuck off. I'm done. Do you think the judge has ever seen Sandarina cited as uh, grounds for divorce? I, I'd say it could happen. <laughs> I'd say maybe I'd be, you know, I'm nothing if not a trendsetter in all the wrong ways. <laughs> So, yeah, but, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, it, it just feels like everything's dragging along rather than any, there's any progress or any direction. But I suppose that's just how it goes sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So we've decided we're going to do another Olympics episode. I feel like there is so, so much to cover with, there's been so much happen. I mean, obviously starting, because we did the dressage last week, didn't we? Um, starting with the eventing, absolutely incredible result for for Great Britain. Absolutely amazing. 
I, the thing I got down randomly um, as my main thing from the eventing, because I actually didn't catch much of it, but I, I watched like the last, I think 20 or something show jump. Well, firstly, it's so different, isn't it? Than watching show jumping, watching like eventing show jumping. But Andrew Hoy is a rider that I've not really watched loads. I wouldn't kind of know him particularly. I thought his show jumping round was absolutely incredible to watch. Like for yeah, me, he yeah, was he, he, a I, master. I've seen him ride a lot. I've seen him ride lots of horses over the years. And obviously, you know, I mean, he's still the most medaled equestrian. Um, is it the most medal? Is it has he been to the most amount of Olympics? This is his eighth games. Wow. And I think there's only like Ian Miller or someone who's done like nine or something crazy like that. But this was his eighth games. And obviously seen him ride loads and loads of horses. And he's always brilliant because he is brilliant. Yeah. But it seems with that chestnut horse that he just has that extra. Yeah. It just looks so good. It like yeah. he always looks great. I mean, who the hell would I be to be like, oh, I don't know, Andrew. I don't like your leg position on that horse. You know, <laughs> yeah. but on that particular horse. It looks so gelled. It looks so comfortable. It's like they're literally, he's barely moving and the horse is doing so much. And it's like, not, you know, it's really, really amazing to watch. Yeah. Who did you particularly enjoy watching? Him. Yeah. Oh, really? Him, for sure. Yeah. And I love um, Ollie Tannen's horse, um, yeah. more Class. I love that horse. Absolutely do. Um, I think he's, I think he's probably one of the all-time greats. And especially when you, you know, and you see how the ease he, he, man- he goes with the cross country and, how sort of again they're so in tune with each other and you know I I just I love eventing anyway but it's always inspiring to see at that level because I just I think it's 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 that extra bit bit extra special even than like watching the five star events. Um he was super I think obviously Laura Collett did amazing stuff. Um yeah. I was so so thrilled to see Austin O'Connor who's 13th for his horse Colorado Blue. I Austin O'Connor has been jumping like what was four star is now five star level and since ever since ever like mm-hmm. and he's always been just brilliant he's such a great guy to get a tune out of any horse and to get it round. and a couple of people said to me after he did so well in Tokyo that they he because he's based in the UK they hadn't ever really heard of him and they hadn't ever really sort of paid much attention to him and I'm like it's almost sacrilegious because like he's for me he's always been a bit of a hero right um it's not that he's not he's not a whole lot older than me but he's just been on the job for a long time and I've seen him just conjure some incredible performances out of horses that maybe weren't quite as extravagant as some of the others yeah so I was so excited to see him do well I'll tell you which horse I absolutely adore and if I could steal one is Sam Watson's horse oh yeah the big (gasps) the the Dunn horse how gorgeous Yeah. yeah he's really cool and that's kind of an interesting one because his sire stands down in Wexford, a Tullabeg Fusion, and he's kind of a really funny horse because he didn't, I don't know, he doesn't have an enormous performance history and he didn't initially get a whole lot of mares, but people started to really pay attention to him because every single mare he got produced an unbelievable performance horse. Like, didn't seem, doesn't seem to really matter what kind of mare he gets, whether it's a blood mare or a foreign mare or a pony mare. He's had so many good horses, particularly eventing. Right. That now he's now he's really popular. He yeah. just seems to cross well with anywhere. So it's great to see his progeny getting to that level. It's just I think it's so unusual to see it done. And I just think its face has got that like Irish, like, yeah, we can do that. 
kind of, you know, look about it, like not that sort of like wild eyed, like, oh, I don't know if I like the look of this. It just has a real kind of like, come on. Yeah, no, it was, um, he's, he's a lovely horse. He's a lovely horse and Sam's done a great job with him. Yeah, I really, I really liked watching him. Obviously, the, the thing I was most interested in was the show jumping. So there was so much with that. I kind of, the link um, here for me was obviously the really, really sad um, loss of Jet Set, which Dr. Marlon uh, commented on. And I am a huge fan of his. I read so, so much of the stuff that he puts on um, online. I really enjoy like, you know, how scientific it is because, we can horse riders like we can get fed so much bullshit and we're like oh okay you know you're gonna make my horse the next grand prix horse okay i'll feed it peanuts like okay whatever <laughs> um but i was a little bit disappointed with his comment about because so he released a statement um regarding the kind of social media outcry over jet set which is, was always going to happen you know um you're always going to get a huge divide of was it fair, you know, is having horses in the Olympics fair, you know, all of that. He kind of said that it was really hard because he was working there and he would have a really strong opinion if anybody, if he was to sort of see any negativity surrounding that, which I thought was absolutely fair because I can think of nothing more heartbreaking than going to any competition and coming home without your horse. The fact that the hopes and dreams and work that will have gone into that horse to get that horse there and to come home to an empty stable, like is unimaginable. So I massively supported his comment. And then he made a comment about Kean's horse with the nosebleed, which I didn't really, I wasn't so keen on because it was basically what he had said was kind of implied. How could Kean not have known yeah, 100%. I'm right with you. I find that disappointing because fuck me, right? I am no Keen O'Connor and I am not jumping. Those jumps are obscene, the size of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm the presentation so, of them, don't forget, like, yeah, you know, that's like sumo guy. Fuck yeah. me. These horses are jumping top level all the time and seeing lots of new things, but there's nothing like the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the presentation defenses are so unusual. I'm like scrambling around. 110 and genuinely if somebody painted the end of Manny's nose green and pink spots I don't think I'd notice when I was when I was riding because you are genuinely thinking of a million things mostly how not to have a serious injury so I'm really careful how I word this because I was being assaulted by a daddy long legs it's in my hair. Fuck me, it's up my nose. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Whew. You're okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not one of those, like, squeamish girls, you know, like, oh, there's a wasp. I'm not one of those, but it was actually, like, up my nostril. That's, like, too much. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bit over-personal, isn't it? Just, yeah. <laughs> like, we've only just met. Um, <laughs> buy a girl a drink. <laughs> I, I think that I, obviously, as I said before, I, I love all things Olympic. I love all the sports. I love the stories. I love the diversity. I love getting to see nations that we never normally get to see doing incredible things. I just, I love all things Olympic. I think it's, it's, it's remarkable. This Olympic Games, however, um, really 
I came away feeling actually really very demoralized mm-hmm. and nothing to do with the sports but everything to do with the response online across all of the equestrian disciplines for example um in the case of jet set I saw many many comment threads online um saying that there had been very minimal damage to the horse that the horse could have easily been saved the horse could have recovered that they wanted to claim the insurance that they couldn't be bothered to fly that horse home and these are people within the equestrian industry who weren't there who don't know Andrew Nicholson is a Swiss team coach he produced that horse up to five star level and if nothing else you can assume (laughs) that you know the team around that horse including the man that produced it to the level good you know sufficient enough for it to be able to go on to the olympics with a swiss team rider would have gone to any length really to save that horse if possible because as you said yourself it's not five minutes work to get these horses to that level it starts when they're born and yes. i find it very difficult that people were so quick to rush to judgment were so quick to condemn were so quick to take apart a 22 year old guy who, although obviously he's made it to that level and he's very good and very experienced and very capable, he's still very young. And to have made it to his first Olympics and to be going home without his horse and then to be being completely destroyed by people online based on their own assumptions, not on the facts, not on the reality, is supremely destructive, especially when it's all coming from within the industry, people within the industry. And I... I really found that hard. The same with Keen's horse. I have ridden, obviously, across many different disciplines. Horses, bursting blood vessels is an enormously common thing in a performance horse. It's very common in race horses. It's less obvious than show jumpers. It certainly does happen cross country with eventers. You know, like my little homebred horse, the last horse I really evented much. He used to burst quite often in the summer. And there is your perspective on top of the horse. You can't see. Unless that horse is hemorrhaging and it's splashing back all over you, in which case you've got a bigger problem. You can't see. You cannot see. And again, with the social media, people saying they were disappointed that Keane didn't pull the horse up or, you know, implying that somehow, you know, I saw one comment was, well, oh, well, obviously the drugs didn't work. And I just really had had a gut full of it. Mm. As I said, I've had horses burst and I didn't know until I got off them until I pulled up. Mm. And when you are concentrating on a meter 65, you know and that's you're focusing on having the right canter the right stride the right distance keeping the horse balanced being where you need to be paying it's attention just to remembering my course i mean that's like oh totally but you're you're micro monitoring everything around you at the same time as you're focusing on the job mm. plus your viewpoint gives you no possible way barring you hang out the side of the saddle <laughs> and turn the horse's head towards you so the implication that he carried on knowing that yeah i found was really abhorrent And I believe that he completely, you know, answered the critics straight away. When it was found, the horse had burst. The first thing that happened was the horse was taken to the vet station. They established that the, you know, it had burst. The report given was that the horse would be fit to compete at the team competition. And he said, no. Yeah. He wasn't prepared to do it. So like, you know, I I just, I know I'm going on about it now. I'm going to stop. I found it very difficult. Yeah, I agree. It was... And, and I'm actually, I'm not a one for like, you know, the be kind and all that, because I sometimes think things need to be called out. And actually, like in my notes is to talk about the pentathlon. I am all about pressure for change for the better. 
But I just, I was surprised to think that people genuinely would think he would have a clue. And also just that the fact the horse was pulled from the team competition, you know, did show the respect to the horse, same as Scott Brash. Yeah. I will just say, sorry, just harping on about the blood rule again. I will just say that a lot of people were saying about the blood rule. The blood rule is there for horses with cut mouths or with spread sights or, you know, profusely bleeding from a wound or something. I wouldn't call it into question if, now, at the current time, horses that have burst a blood vessel are not under the, it's not under the list of requirements Yeah. for the, for the FEI blood rule. If that was brought in, I think that that would probably be a really good thing. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, like these rules are there to protect the horse. And we've seen oftentimes seen horses that have bitten the inside of their cheek or whatever, and they've bled and the dressage judges have pulled them and those horses have been eliminated. Yeah. It's bitten its cheek. It's no big deal, but they have no way of identifying one way or another from their dressage judge perspective in the middle of a test. So they have to protect the horse. And if the FBI were then going to say, if a horse is seen when it's show jumping to be you know, bleeding from an nostril and a steward makes a decision to call that rider to a halt. That's really good and positive because it's yeah. all about protecting the horse. I yeah. don't have any issue with that. Um, just like just, ring sorry, the bell or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, completely, on, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Like, I, I think know, there's potentially, this is a learning experience. Yeah, it was actually, it's really surprising that it already Isn't. wasn't there. Yeah. But, but again, as you said, positive change sometimes things have to be a bit controversial to get the attention of a, a you know of the masses and to make those changes so again you know maybe a, a positive thing will come from this and, and and i don't believe that anybody can argue other than the king uh, you know has great respect for that horse he's a great partnership with that horse and he had absolutely no hesitation whatsoever in holding his hand up and saying enough on the flip side then the three-man team thing way before the olympics the riders the not so much the dressage but the show jumpers and the eventers all felt that even with the option to draft in a reserve that it was a complete disaster so when Keane then had to withdraw Kilkenny from the competition from the team competition Shane Sweetnam went in with his horse yeah the horse pulled a shoe frightened itself and started to jump very big and very high in a normal situation in a four-man team I have no hesitation in my mind thinking that he would have pulled that horse up Mm -hmm. when it's jumping big and green over a meter 65 but if he had pulled the horse up then at that point, now the whole team is out. And I I, I think he did his best to coax the horse along. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. It could have worked out. It didn't work out. But in that split second, in the heat of competition, not only are those riders having to manage the horse, jump the round, see the distance, cope with the fucking distances and turns and all the rest of it. In that split second, when the horse takes a funny jump or something doesn't feel quite right, in that, in that heated moment, they're then also confronted with the decision of, She's, is he all right? Actually, I, you know, yeah. should I carry on? Or because if they pull up at the other end and the horse was fine and it just needed a bit of a coaxing along yeah, and the whole ruined. team's out, yeah. they've ruined everybody's chances. If they don't pull up when they think their horse isn't quite right, then something like that can happen. And then they're going to go away beating themselves up about it, feeling awful, and the team's out anyway. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to compete on a team. And it's funny because actually, I read something that said, why do why do we have team? It's not a team sport. Like, but then someone else said, but then you could say the same for like gymnastics, you know? So it's kind of where you draw the line with that. But actually, a part of me did I, I kind of did think I get that. Like, because maybe it does cloud your ability to make a decision for you and your horse. 
I would feel oh, dreadful letting people down. Well, you can't, yeah. At the same time. But e- even at the end of the cross country, like there were some horses coming off the cross country course. They were absolutely out cold. They were drunk finishing. Yeah. But because it's a three-man team situation, they're having to try and coax horses on where in a normal setting, it may be usefully argued that they would have taken the decision to pull up. Yeah. It's not the horse's day-to-day. It's fine. There's three more people on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're faced with this, where do you draw the line between the welfare of that horse and the, you know, the team competition? It's very difficult. Of course, the welfare of the horse should come first. Absolutely. But I think it's a very difficult situation you know, representing your country at the Olympic Games, having spent all the money to get the horses over there and you're trying to do your best. I think it's hard, think isn't it's it? Difficult. Because yeah. I see like what people are saying online and, and I do, to an extent, I do actually agree when they're saying like, it's always the welfare. You pull up, you know, you save your horse for another day. It doesn't matter whether you're jumping a newcomer or whether you're jumping a 160, like you always prioritise the horse. And that is absolutely how it should be. And I do agree with that. And I don't think that was demonstrated consistently at this olympics but equally with a realistic head on like i think there is so there must be so much pressure to factor in the money the owners the teammates like it we're not in that position and i I wouldn't want to be and luckily i am far too shit to ever be so it's not something i need worry about but yeah i think me i don't know I think maybe it needs a bit of a, a well, like, To be fair, all of, as I said, all of the riders before this Games, when the FUI made this proposal, all of the riders before the Games were, were, were holding the hands up and going, listen, this is potentially going to be a welfare issue because we're going to be stuck between having to make the right call for our yeah. horse and make the right call for our country. And it is completely unreasonable that either rider or horse are, are potentially put in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, And it's they said this from the beginning. And I, I really think that I, I don't feel like the Tokyo Games was a positive representation of equestrian sport at all no. in many areas. There were some obviously inspired and phenomenal and brilliant things, but there was there was plenty of it now that was extremely uncomfortable. Another controversial uh, thing I felt from this Olympics, we're just mishmashing now um, because we're slick as fuck, <laughs> was the frangibles. What was your take on that? I think... I'm going to be careful saying this because I'm not, wasn't there. I'm not a fence judge and anything put in place to preserve the life and safety of a horse and rider combination is very positive. But there was that one fence that seemed to be giving way very easily. And maybe mm. that's a really positive and good thing. And I'm not in any way saying that to, to, to say it shouldn't have been like that or that there was a problem. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that a lot of horses picked up 11 penalties at that. Um, I was really surprised at Michael Young's horse yeah. picking up 11 penalties there I really just because it's him and you just I don't know I suppose we all think he's like basically Superman slash God yeah and I was surprised at his horse but you know I don't know that any horses had a significant enough issue at that fence that if it hadn't given way it would have been catastrophic yeah I agree that you it just seems to be almost like a pole like a flat like almost like a plank on a flat cup that it yeah, just was popping out really easy but I don't know again maybe that was for the best i'm not commenting on that either way it just did seem to cause um more than you might have seen at a single fence with pins before i think like i really am hugely in favor of the frangible pins but i just felt for me as a show jumper someone who really isn't kind of 
up to date with what's going on in eventing, it felt like a little bit show jumpy, yeah. you know, like where, where there's that much having a rail. Yeah. As opposed to like, yeah. oh, he's, he's broken the pin, but like, fuck me, that's just saved both their lives kind of thing. Yeah, thank God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of the time it was almost just chipping it out behind. Mm. And it was just, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not at all calling into criticism anything that, that makes the sport safer. Um, but it just, you know, for someone like Michael Young, it just felt like a bit of a pity when, as I said, he wasn't in danger of having a fall at the fence. And obviously yeah. that's a bit unpatriotic of me. Like, you know, our team weren't by the end of the cross country, our team weren't gonna weren't gonna make it. So I had to switch my allegiances to the GB team because it was just so <laughs> But I'm not anti any nation at all. And I you know, I just I kind of expected German whitewash, don't you? And it didn't really come. Yeah. Um I did think it was very cool that we had an Indian rider in the top twenty. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um that was I, I, and again I love seeing like other nations. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, it's funny, isn't it? Because we tend to think that they stay in India and they compete in India. But like the Japanese riders since London have been based, yeah. you know, around Europe or in the UK or whatever to up their game. And it's great to see nations that wouldn't necessarily be known for eventing, being competitive enough think... and good enough and having put the, the the time and the effort and the work and the knowledge into it to make it into the top 10 at Olympic, uh, 20 at an Olympic final is amazing. I think it's so crazy how, like, he was a show gym rider. And Japan were kind of like, listen, you're going to just have to switch. Like, as if someone could say to me, I mean, not that I can particularly, I can't, I haven't even mastered one craft, never mind someone just being like, okay, so you're going to switch now and you're going to be an eventer. I'd be like, hang on, like I'm struggling with the one phase. Let's not introduce two more right now. Like, and then like to do as well as he did. I mean, to be fair, he's trained by William Fox Pitt, so maybe... Yeah, I'll... and he's lovely. I, I interviewed him, could have been two years ago, for a website, and he was just so cool. And it was the most surreal thing in the world, like, ringing up William Fox Pitt's yard. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll just get him. And they were like, they're calling him. And he came over and chatted away, and he was great. And he taught, you know, he's got such affection for the horses, and he oh, he was just, he was lovely. So it's, Yeah, I it's, saw, it I think brilliant. he was on, um, he was on something maybe on Horse and Country, I think, where they, like... I think that one, you know, where they have dinner with them and he yeah. seemed really, really lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was um, it was nearly, it was a pity to be just so close to getting the medal. I know, because um, that would have meant so that, much, like, you know, at the whole Olympics. All, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was great. Yeah, so are we going to, are we going to brave it? Are we going to move on to the real <laughs> controversial yeah. question? A bit of a disaster really, wasn't it, of this Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, um, it again, it just again with the bringing you know a questionism into such a a bad light, really. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Because yeah, this Olympics has maybe highlighted a few kind of niggly things that I think need to change, but that aren't such a huge issue with like the big classes, you know. So things like the blood rule could be looked at that could improve. Maybe the three rider change that could probably do with being reversing yeah but then I think for a non-horsey person they're potentially going to watch the modern pentathlon and lump that in with an equestrian sport and I feel that that's not really fair because I think the changes that need to be made to the equestrian sport is quite minor for me personally and and after seeing more on social media I would say that the changes that need to be made there are fairly significant yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, even people within the equestrian community are, are, are kind of lumping the whole lot together. People outside the equestrian community lumping the whole lot together, calling for a ban on all equestrian sport. Yeah. And it's very difficult because it's 
this Olympics, as you say, has highlighted a lot. It's caught a lot of negative press for good and bad reasons. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, emotions are high inside the sport and out. And I remember watching the modern pentathlon in London. Just being joined um, by Sebastian. That's okay. Oh, hello. No, I'd be disappointed now if he didn't make an appearance. <laughs> I, I love that he comes to see us. It's so great. Um, with the the London Games, I kind of watched it. I hadn't, I had never watched it before, and I watched it because I was doing the Centre Ten course. And Charlie Unwin, who is like the head of Centre Ten, he was a modern pentathlete, um, and I didn't know that until I went to do the course in Bath, and he was talking about it, and I just hadn't ever really given it much thought or much respect. And then I watched it in London, and we had it, it was just really it was interesting because some of the horses were really good and quite a lot of the riders were really good and then there was that one chestnut horse do you remember was he chestnut i think he was chestnut he went into the ring and i did he even jump a couple of fences maybe and then he just went like fuck this and he pissed off back to the gate and he jumped the the, the pocket fence back into the warm-up i missed that and she couldn't, the girl could do nothing about it. He just was like, nah, see ya, I'm out of here. And he just left. There was nothing she could do. She could, he was just gone. That was it. And on the one hand, initially, even now, I remember initially I was like, ha, ah, that's gas. And then I went, wait, hang on a second. This is these people's life, life's work. Like they've worked for at least eight or 10 years, maybe more if they started doing this in the pony club. They could have been doing this for, for 20 years. And this is the pinnacle of their efforts in their career and and now the horse has decided that he's had enough of it now i'm not criticizing the horse's decision nor am i criticizing the rider what i am saying is it seems like an awfully weak link for an olympic level sport in as much as they have to be good at so many things they have to train for all of those things and i know i read an article by natalia coyle and she said they don't actually get that much time on the horses mm -hmm. At the Olympics, it's a metre 20. And I mean, you think yourself like a professional rider or a producer that's riding loads of horses all the time. If I walked up to one of them and handed them a horse and I said, look, this horse is capable of jumping 120. Can you go in and jump that 120? And it was an Olympic presentation. So it's going to be, you know, a really strongly built course with like really starry fences that the horse has potentially never seen before. Even a really experienced producer riding 10, 12 horses a day is going to be a bit like, they'll do it maybe, but they'll still be a little bit cagey and a little bit like, it's a big ask. So for people who are not doing it all the time, who are not necessarily based full time in equestrianism, they to have, have to go time. to the Olympics and jump around a huge track and also be good at four other sports. Mm. I, I think it's, is there not some other way we could do this? So what instead of having do? to put these horses in, well, the horses are going in pin of their collar, probably some of them seeing the biggest tracks I've ever seen. And the riders maybe too, because I think, did I read internationally that it's only like a meter or something? All right, okay. It's only the Olympics that is. I don't know if that's true. I just, I read that online, but I've read so much shit online the last two weeks. My brain is melting out through my eye sockets, so it might not be right. Would there not be a different way to do it? Like a smaller track? That's, Less yeah. fences, more emphasis on the equitation, perhaps a dressage test, and a small, a smaller track of less show jumps or something? Like, by all means, test the equitation, test the rider's skill and ability. Then kind on the flip like side, like... the American... Like, hunter jumper type yeah thing. could do the do these guys because they don't train specifically in equestrianism do these guys have their own horses if the majority have their own horses would it be reasonable to take their own horses that they know that they train on all the time or a horse that they use all the time mm -hmm. in their training to the games 
that's a known commodity to them would that make it more fair because then I wonder if financially that wouldn't be viable maybe maybe not but then you know a bit like yourself with Dr David Marlin he is obviously excellent and extremely experienced and knowledgeable and regularly puts across incredibly informative viewpoints that we can all take a huge amount from but sometimes I feel like his and other experts arguments in these situations and maybe and again I'm being very careful because I'm gonna I know I'm gonna get lynched for saying this they're not always absolutely balanced on both sides because Mm -hmm. it's emotive and it's difficult yeah and he but he did have today he had emailed or contacted the international patathlon group and he got back a message from them and it said you're a clown that was it and that's I'm only I'm relaying what he wrote online I'm not saying anything more than that's what he wrote that I read that he put out there having gone to them you know with with the concerns like he had a very good post up online where he was asking audience members to contribute with other suggestions like that that they might have to make this a little bit fairer primarily with the welfare of the horse in mind and secondly with the competitive chances of somebody who's trained their entire life this competition Um, and lots of people put forward some super suggestions and he went forward to them with that Mm -hmm. uh, also highlighting you know all the many difficulties and according to himself as per his Facebook post today the response he got was you're a clown and I honestly I would love 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 to think that it wasn't true but I would have absolutely no reason grounds or basis to think that he would have no reason to 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 not be presenting the truth yeah and if that is accurate you're not going to put that out there I can't imagine that is accurate but if that is accurate I mean they may be if that is accurate if that is as it happened and that was how it went down then that represents a significant problem because yeah. first and foremost, it means there's no possible protection of the welfare of any horses in this competition going forward because it's obviously not a priority. And I really, truly, truly hope beyond all hope that that is not the case. Because did you see the video online that I saw from um, the 2021 Modern Pentathlon World Cup of the horse fall? No. Fuck no. me. So the horse is on a, an impossible stride, really. On a misser, yeah. But there's yeah. a couple of them that are the same in Tokyo were on complete misers, and they just went, I can't. Well, this yeah. was very generous, and it, it went. Tried. And it yeah. landed in the middle of an oxer, and it landed on its face, and it lay on the ground for a good while. It was The wind was properly knocked out of its sails, and it eventually sort of gingerly got up, And the girl was legged back on because there's no rules to stop the horse continuing if there's a horse fall. Like, I mean, how is that even a thing? Like, I think that's one of the things that kind of really caught me with this one was how are there no rules in place to to like even in horse racing? You're not allowed to remount now. You know what I mean? I think it seems like it's because it's not an equestrian sport. They've just managed to kind of skim over it get around it yeah like forget that the horses are actually taking part it's kind of like they've used them just like a, but, another piece of equipment but like how if a horse a horse is competing under fbi rules are bound by fbi rules and there are many fbi rules in place to protect the welfare of a horse i presume horses in tokyo it'd be interesting to find out going to the modern pentathlete or the modern pentathlon would have had to have an FEI passport to get into the international stabling for the Olympic yeah. Games. So nearly, you would, surely you would, would have had to. So if they have FEI passports and it's an FEI level competition, then they're bound by FEI rules, surely. 
Mm. In which case, how is there such an incongruence between the rules of the of the the international governing body for this for the sport for that sector of that sport and the enormous protective protocols put in place by the FEI for horses competing internationally? Yeah, like how can that even? How is I was that was almost a shock, I suppose. To you just assumed that they were bound by the same rules as everybody else. Yeah. So my thing would be, I think the jumps need to be significantly smaller probably like 90 to a meter where horses yeah. can take a misser you can get on a fairly strange Chip, horse can be a bit chippy or yeah, yeah yeah and you can still wag- scramble around i really like i hadn't thought of a kind of equitation aspect to it but i really like that idea well, if, but surely like with the shooting the running the swimming and the fencing you're testing the skill of the athlete so like a more of an equitation style class surely that's more protective for the horse yeah for first and foremost and secondly surely it's more of a test of a skill of the athlete is that not what this is about like crashing around an enormous trap built by a proper course designer on horses that are not adequately protected or 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 respected i don't see that that's any kind of representation of the skill or the sport of the athlete or anything no but also i think there needs to be some sort of i don't really know how you would do it or what you could put in place but that horse had just jacked it and as a rider you know that some yeah. days That's you it. are not your horse is not going to play ball yeah it's not happening yeah and yeah I kind of feel that in that situation like the horse needs to just be removed from the competition and replaced with a different one because like did I like what that German girl did with the horse no I didn't like I felt I, I did feel really sorry for her because like her chances of a medal which will have been her lifelong dream was gone and yeah that's no excuse to have a temper tantrum on the horse which she basically she did not helped by a coach who was encouraging it but like she had been given an impossible task that horse was not jumping for anybody that day absolutely and I mean someone had a post up online about this yesterday I hadn't commented on it anywhere because I just find it I find it a difficult one um someone had commented yesterday on one of the forums that you know do you seriously mean to tell me like if this had been your life's work and for some of them they've been doing it since pony club this is your life's work this is your you're 25 seconds in the lead you basically cannot be fucking beaten you're 25 seconds in the lead and you get up on the horse and for whatever reason absolutely no criticism of the horse whatsoever but for whatever reason it's not happening absolutely not cool to be you know having a temper tantrum but fuck me she's still only human if that was me I mean, of course, like I had to saw people online and they were like, oh, you know, she should have got down and patted the horse and reassured. Of course, 100 yeah. percent she should have. But who are we to say that in the same position, we wouldn't feel equally frustrated to the point of crying and being, you know, annoyed in the saddle? I'm not saying it's OK. No. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm not saying that it was as a visual spectacle, obviously, it was very difficult, but she's still a human being yeah. on the cusp of achieving a gold medal at the Olympics in a sport she'd worked at her entire life. And, and I think that I understand then why she was so distraught. Yeah. Separate to the fact that it was not acceptable, clearly, for that horse to be put in that position. And in reality, given the facts that apparently it was giving difficulties in the warm-up arena or had got very distressed yeah. with the previous competitor... Well, where was the protection for that horse? If that yeah. horse was not coping, yeah. why, where was the protection for him? The two yeah. things for me are separate issues. Um, like you could have you could have maybe a team of three judges in the warm-up ring who 
could be watching and it's not a case of just, oh, that rider doesn't fancy that horse today. They could kind of be watching and just say, look, I couldn't get that horse to jump that today. Immediately withdraw the horse so that it never goes into the ring. It's just, you know, a different horse is brought in in its place. Absolutely. I just... Because they won't have the feel of that horse. So like... We all know as riders. They jump five fences and go on and jump 120. Yeah. Like, would you do it? No, I fucking, I wouldn't. I literally wouldn't have a cat in hell's, but like you can just some days feel like Pancake's done it to me, you know, where he has just gone, not today. And same with Ping. Yeah. And you know that, like you can feel as a rider, look, he can do it, but today he's not going to. And they don't have that. So I feel like we're both kind of really similar. Did it make for comfortable viewing a lot of this Olympics? No, it didn't. Um, No, it was horrible. Do things need to change? Absolutely, 100%. I think there needs to be some changes made. But I think it's a shame for so much positive to be kind of overshadowed, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. Great Britain, Charlotte and Carl have just done so much for dressage and I I love the story behind Pumpkin and I think it was amazing that you know the eventing team meddled and did so well show jumping I think it's incredible that I'm aware that I'm actually being so and this is all about uh, Great Britain other nations (laughs) obviously did well as well but um to see you know explosion medal because yeah he deserves it. That horse, I don't think there's many people. Like I remember I, when I was at London and I was sitting next to loads of Dutch supporters and they were like, we want Big Star to win the individual because he deserves it. He it's is the best horse here. Fucking, exactly. And it is about the horse, isn't it? Yeah. Like he, he, exactly that. Yeah. I think like that's where equestrians are different. It's like they were following that horse because he was an absolute freak really wasn't he and the same with explosion and I think it's been amazing that so that it actually went on the day because anything can happen so I was I was over the moon that he got what I felt he really deserved and also like I just thought you know it's a real testament to like two British produced horses who have been true exceptional kind of like they will be remembered long after as being truly incredible horses so I, I was so pleased. Um, I thought the Swedish team were absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So class. I mean, they were just such quality and real. Their horses looked like they wanted to do it. And it was not easy, but you know what I mean? It looked really polished from them. Um, I said that I loved Andrew Hoy. I thought watching him was... Yeah, an absolute masterclass. You know, yeah, really, really incredible. I love, I love Kean's horse. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? He he's produced that horse real, real carefully. And he's so and when young. You saw, yeah, and when you saw the way it jumped in Tokyo, like, I just have everything crossed that he gets that horse to Paris because, yeah, like, he's it, as a combination for me like I, they so deserve success they really do like I said the horse has had the time the patience the consideration he's been let kind of come to himself yeah and you can really see that then and the confidence he has and how carefully he is and keen 
you know, Keenan's ridden lots of horses at upper levels all the years, but I'm not sure I've ever seen him looks, you know, they're so good together. Yeah. You know, a bit like Andrew Hoy with his horse. I, don't, I mean, like, I, when I say that, it's not like I'm sitting here going, well, I don't think he got on well with that. That's not what I mean at all. No. I mean, he's always you can't, very it's like good on when every you find horse, your person. But it looks that, exactly. That's what yeah. it looks like. That's what it looks like. They I just totally have that agree with extra you. special. Yeah extra special connection where they just are on the same page and I, I really hope that he gets to um gets to, to Paris with the combination together and the horse sound and him well and everything and then they get to to go and do it and I, I just um yeah I think it's exciting who were your standouts let's finish on a positive for the Olympics well that horse anyway definitely Kilkenny same as yourself really Andrew Hoy with the dressage um Catherine Dufour, the Danish rider, I follow yeah. her online. I think she's absolutely amazing. Obviously, Luciana, and I have to, I have to say something exciting about that. I've twice this week, both once on a Buckoff Banter account and once on my own account, I've um, I've either posted something of of Luciana's or I've, you know, commented on one of her posts, and she liked. <gasps> I'm like, oh, she's. I'm getting in there. You're wearing her down, Kristen. I'm, I'm wearing her down with my fucking persistence. I really am. So. I, I actually, I applied, you know, the ambassadorship thing I was saying to you about, I was yeah. like, oh, I have to do this. I've got the coat, I've got the grey horse, I'm fucking in there like swim yeah. But she said, there's loads of questions you have to fill out. There's loads of and I don't have to fill any of them out. Like, I don't, I mean, like, it's Luciana, she's basically like a goddess. How do I fill this out? Maybe just don't fill the questions out and just say, just write your own. Luciana. Yeah, I've a plea, got the a plea to her. Yeah, just that's please, what I'm I've thinking. I've got, I've got winning mood, Irish version. Um, I am yeah. basically stalking you full time. Yeah, you're noticing me now. You yeah, know who I am. you have yeah. liked things of mine. This bonds yeah, us. Yeah. Like if we were in a picture together, me on Ping and her on um, Vertigo, like we'd look like twins. I mean, I'd look a bit like a bit fatter than her, obviously, or whatever. But basically, yeah, transcontinental twins. So I have not oh, answered the right. questions, but no, I don't need to. This is just in fate. It's written in the stars. It's meant to happen. Exactly. I think you can clearly see from the above points. <laughs> you are <laughs> my lobster. Pig. <laughs> Luciana, yeah. you are my lobster. That's how yeah, I think you should I sum it up. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to just I'm gonna have to come up with something anyway, that's for sure. But yeah, no, that was that was that was a bit of a fangirl moment on my part. Um obviously Carl and Charlotte, amazing. Um, the Avengers. We're, we're 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 just awesome um it was i suppose it was a pity that the irish teams the entire irish everything with the olympics didn't go a little more smoothly for them all like yeah. as was said to me the other day it couldn't really have been much more of a fucking disaster um but you know um we live in hope for paris we've got we've got some amazing horses and riders so i think that's um, the thing it was it was maybe not quite the right time for some of your horses. I think this Olympics was maybe a little bit early, but I think you've got kind of the base for Paris. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I should be there waving my baguette and my tricolour. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's it's just a pity that from the, from the many positives and that, you know, whether you like it or you don't, truly top class horses and riders across yeah. three disciplines was overshadowed so much by by the thing by some things and as you say i mean lots of those things could hopefully be changed or rectified the 
the one thing that I am I have a stumbling block over, and it'd be interesting to get listener opinions and, and obviously yours as well. The IOC I know have been pushing quite hard to maybe not have the eventing in the future. I don't oh, really? know about the other sports. Yeah, I think that they had sort of had said to them that they had bought in skateboarding and BMXing and stuff. And after London or after Rio, whichever one, they were told they needed to make the the reason why the three-man team thing came in was that it needed to be made more viewer-friendly and yeah. it also needed to include more nations. So by having less riders, you could then include more nations. So the two things would work together, that more viewers from other countries would want to watch and that, you know, whatever. The viewer ratings are apparently one of the main ways in which they identify, you know, the success of any sport in any given Olympic cycle and obviously sponsorship um, and promotion are a huge huge part of the finances behind running an olympic games and uh, it's important that they're represented well and so the viewership obviously comes into it you know who's watching who's seeing you know all of these things and i would ask then why if it is a case that there may potentially be large changes ahead for equestrianism at the olympic level um if such a large part of that decision is based on viewership figures why is it made so fucking difficult every time to watch the sodding olympic games right (laughs) i just would love to know for london we all became tele engineers it was amazing started the london olympics everyone was like shit i can't watch anything and then we all learned how to program our skyboxes and and we had like rb one two three four five and six and then we just scroll through and watch what we wanted to once we got over that hump it was fine but for about five days the internet melted down while equestrians were like, shit, I can't find it. And then less tech savvy people were like, I can't do it. And it just was a disaster. But we got yeah. there. We got there. Rio, I don't remember. I don't think it was too bad. I think it was quite a bit on Red Button. And it wasn't too bad. But obviously this time the rights were sold to Discovery Plus. And that was fine. Once again, once you once you got over the hump of that and worked yeah. out how to do it or got your subscription. But, but it just seems very sure, it's not unfair. easy. It's not easy to yeah, find. It just seems it? unfair then. Yeah, and some people might not be in a position to pay for a subscription or something to something, or they might not have enough internet signal to use a laptop instead of the TV or something. Do you know? And I just think if it, it seems a little unfair to me to have something so fickle yeah. potentially govern part of a decision to do something drastic with a sport at Olympic yeah. level. That yeah, was a I mean, really big long rant. Sorry. No, I think as equestrians, we're busy often with our own horses and things we maybe wouldn't be the ones who are going to be sat inside at a computer learning how to use all technology. And we're usually all skint because we spend all our money on our horses and vets bills. Um, so yeah, it's probably, I mean, like 100%, I wouldn't have been able to work the discovery thing. Like I'm shit. I'm shitter than shit. Ben did that for me because I was just like, Oh, it's all weird. Like, why is it not want to play? Um, um, yeah, I definitely think like it's the Olympic games. I feel like it should be much more of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I just, anyway, that was my parting. Cause it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It's like, yes, people aren't engaged with equestrian sport, but if they don't know, like, oh, they don't follow a rider or they don't get used to a combination or whatever, then they'll just become increasingly disengaged 
And it doesn't matter whether you have four riders or three riders. That's not what it ma- is going to make you engaged. I think it's like the stories because they think that we're all like rich. It's the it's the backstory or it's the combination of, you know, like even just Charlotte found that horse at a demo. And it's that's it's making people connect with the sport and connect with the partnership between the horse and rider that's going to bring people into the sport. It's not whether or not we're showing four or three riders or whether we're showing riders from different countries. I think it's more a case that it needs to be taken away from being seen as being so elitist. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so another, another factor that for that, for me then is, you know, when, when this sort of had, had come about, that you know, we needed equestrian sport needed to be you know more interesting or whatever to the to the non-equestrian viewer and things like as I said like skateboarding and BMX you know that they're sort of and even things like climbing they're quite sexy sports they don't take a whole lot of cameras to cover because they're not you know going across enormous distances and they don't need a huge amount of you know personnel to assist with things they definitely are going to attract the younger generations like skateboarding she one like she's a fucking belly out of nappies like and she's whizzing around at tokyo on her skateboard and fair play to her it's brilliant yeah. but like people will go watch it because they're like oh wow yeah skateboarding cool even if they're not really interested in skateboarding yeah you know because they again they're novel and they're new and they're unique and they're as i said they're just a bit more i don't know colorful or a bit more easy to relate to or i don't fucking know but i do have this joke but not really a joke if you want you know dave in birmingham on his couch at the weekend catching up on his olympic viewing or whatever dave hasn't got any interest in horses but dave might for example find ladies in tight trousers quite attractive you know do you know what i mean like maybe if they put them all in bikinis and mankinis this would be a surefire way to get the viewers. I mean, I think they need to think better outside the box than a three-man team. Three-man team is just fucking, that's not happening. It's not working. So go like, back so to your four-man squad. With bikinis and, and mankinis. Man- yeah. I guarantee you, Dave from Birmingham on his couch, going to watch, you know, mm-hmm. ladies in bikinis. What I'm thinking. It. Volleyball is terribly popular and there's not that many volleyball enthusiasts. <laughs> What I'm thinking is this is just potentially putting another hurdle in the way of me getting to the Olympics. Prior to this, it was my lack of horsepower, my lack of riding ability, actually not in that order, lack of riding ability, lack of horsepower, lack of money. But I think potentially now lack of ability to wear a bikini will have to now factor in. Well, you can wear a bikini, but maybe they could give like options. Do you know, maybe you could wear a, a swimming costume instead. If I don't know, I, Krista. I don't know that that will really improve. Although, I mean, I haven't talked about the random swimming costume thing yet on it on the podcast. <laughs> Did have you still got it? Did anything else happen? Yes, I've still got it, and it's still a fucking. It was so funny. Did you okay. send me a swimming costume? And I'm like, Katie, I love you dearly, <laughs> but I prefer to stick to more mainstream presence. I mean, you know. Yes, I sent you a swimming costume. Did you like it? So I got this swimming costume from Amazon, okay? And it was my size, tummy control, which I thought was potentially a little bit rude, but okay. I mean... Rude, exactly. It's just rude. I mean, I need it. So like, I'm all about it. And it wasn't, it wasn't cheap. It was like, I checked. It was like 36 quid, but very strange proportions. I've now tried it on. It's... Oh, you're not on for it now. No, like 
it basically my whole nipples are exposed which I mean they mostly are at the minute anyway because he's always bloody feeding but um I, I just don't need that in a pool I don't need both nipples out anyway so this this costume arrived and I was like but I didn't order this and it hasn't got like a gift thing and I don't like swimming so it would be a weird present for someone to give me anyway so I asked everyone like did you send me a swimming costume people look at me like I'm a lunatic and then Rachel my friend was like what if like someone has sent you something and then they've left your address as the address to send something to themselves knowing that Krista has sent me things from Amazon before and has a son who is very partial to getting a little bit yeah. soggy. I thought that it's Krista. That's what's happened. It's for Krista. <laughs> but I sent Krista a message like, very random. Have you bought me a swimming costume? She was like, no. <laughs> so then I'm no. like, oh. So, no, yeah, the mystery of the swimming costume. So I can potentially use this for my Olympic There you debut. go. Now you see. Yeah, I was just thinking ahead. But both Big nipples will mentality. be out. You could get a pink one to match Luciana. Have to, yeah. Have Obviously. to. Like, it's just there's no other way around it. That's um that's it. I mean, this is it now. Don't everyone, I'm, don't worry. We've sorted the Olympics. I'm telling you, if you just go back to your four-man team and stop fucking about with things that don't need to be fucked about with, do something different. Anyway, that's if like it's seriously if that's what they want if they want to get the non-equestrian interested three-man teams not the way forward spandex no. is the way forward it is because i get as i said i'm not saying it's all right i mean honestly i was absolutely thrilled to see uh female athletes boycotting oh, against yes. the skimpy bikini shit for the volleyball and some of the gymnasts as well i think i can't believe that in this day and age women are in danger of being penalized or kicked out of you know a team because they decide to wear you know something less revealing than essentially a fucking thong and a like come on like that's I can't I'm so thrilled that they took a stand I just can't believe that it was ever there was ever a need to but that's life so I just want to point out that when I say I think eventing and show jumping and dress I should go ahead in 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 bikinis and mankinis I am joking i don't think it's all right to objectify men or women in especially when it comes to attracting large amounts of people to stare at them so i just want to be very clear on that it's just a joke i don't think it's cool and i'm all for the new volleyball girls and the gymnasts being like no i'm, I'm covering myself up get stuffed i think that's but more for it she is currently purchasing a pink bikini for narnia just in case yeah I'm after Amazon now to look up one that'll match Luciana. <laughs> Don't send it to me accidentally. I'm not wearing it. <laughs> um, Can you model this for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so we're going to leave it there for the Olympics. Please let us know um, any of your thoughts or, you know, what you think yeah. of our, our ideas. We are going to move on to Wanker of the Week. My Wanker of the Week is 110% Belinda. <laughs> Because I'm going to send a picture. Actually, I have sent a picture. Krista can put it on our social media. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have social media, I will describe it for you. Um, Belinda decided to turn her feed bucket upside down and stand on it. It's like really hard, kind of like the stubs. Um, 
like really hard plastic buckets, but thick, not the kind of ones that would shatter. Um, turned it upside down and stood on it and she has put her foot through the bucket. <laughs> so when Ben went out to give her a breakfast while I was feeding Seb, he found like a three normal legged horse and then one <laughs> with an extra, kind of like a really fancy shoe. It was like she'd taken Ben's shoeing and gone, up your game. Yeah. So what you're giving me, Ben, is quite a basic model. I'm thinking something yeah. a little bit jazzier. Maybe yeah. we could go a little bit avant-garde with this. Large green shoe. What do you think? Yeah. Ben wasn't keen and cut it off her using garden secateurs. So her leg didn't appreciate the footwear choice. And rather like me when I decide to limp along in high heels... Um, she's now sporting a rather chafed back of the heel and a leg, a little bit like the elephant man. So I think she's learned. We all do. We all wear inappropriate footwear. We've all been we there. Do. We do. That's um, if you're a horse, you spend most of your time trying to get rid of that apparently inappropriate footwear. So Belinda has just, again, she's thinking outside the box. Well, she's in like, fairness to I will, get, to I will it. get rid of the shoe. I'll add to it. She couldn't get rid of it. So yeah. maybe for Bear, she could, maybe she couldn't get that off. Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> I need, I'd i like a little break from thinking about Bear. For, yeah. for Let's like not mention I'd like a holiday. I love her so dearly, and she's my best friend in all the world, but she's pushed me to the limit of my fucking sanity in the last week. So, well, the last My comment, months. which is, I mean isn't ideal really but when ben came in and said like you know belinda's fucked her leg up it's like i just said thank god it's not one of the boys because if i couldn't ride because my horse had put a bucket on it a bucket on its foot i feel like that would be an all-time new low yeah i mean yeah i've had one horse do that before and it wasn't a thick bucket like that but it can be a bugger that because he'd obviously done it kind of early-ish like after late check but, but quite a long time before breakfast yeah. And by the time I got to him, probably like your situation, the amount of swelling above the leg, uh, sorry, above the leg, the amount of swelling above the, the bucket on this particular was massive. It was absolutely massive. Like that elephant man. And I'm like, right. I mean, what? What the f- Why? And then I remember that why is, yeah, wrong question. Like even Ben just said, so they've run out of normal ways to be lame. So this is, yeah. this is the new way. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's exhausting, isn't it, though? You know, when you go through these, like, we're obviously on the same kind of, I'm really worried that it's my fault and I've jinxed you. <laughs> we're on these kind of, like, downward trajectories. It's exhausting, isn't it? It just 100%. is. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's so tiring. So what about you? Um, wasps. Wasps. Oh, my God. Yeah, wasps are the one that a listener sent in as well. Let me. Okay, so my stables, I have timber stables. Well, I mean, I've got horses shoved in corners of cow pens and bits of sheds all over the place, but my actual proper stables, I have three timber stables. Um, and I turned one of them into a tack box and put like a solarium and stuff in it as a grooming box. And it's amazing. But so I'm just using the other two stables. And so the two older horses go into the two stables. The young horses haven't proved their Olympic capacity yet, so they have to slum it in the, in the sheds. But um, the stables are timber and then inside, they're, they're sheeted inside the you know the external timber walls are like overlapping timber all the way down and then they're sheeted inside 
at the very front of the stable, like either side of the door, it's only sheeted to halfway. So there's a gap between the top of the lining of the wall and the, the outside wall, which is fine. It's not like something a horse can get. Oh, <laughs> theoretically, it's not something that a horse could get a leg yeah, down like don't. or anything. But just <laughs> don't, don't go there. But just at the front of the stable, instead of being sheeted the whole way up, it's only sheeted halfway. Yeah. So there's a gap between the stable wall. I can and see the where this is going, I think. So, well, so when I was like, oh God, bear's on a leg because it looked a lot like bear heads on a leg. I was like, right, prepare for box rest. So I had to get feed. So I got some, um, I got some additional um, things that horses like to occupy themselves with in stables that are hung from strings that they are meant to lick. Um, to... But they never do. The bastards just eat them. Right. Well, yeah, actually, so is... 50% of them eat them. In like three seconds, and you're like, I've just fucking sold a kidney. That would be my horses, yeah. The other look at like pancake would literally be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And you're like, you ungrateful bastard. Yeah, that's my experience. And so I I had, I had the the standard (laughs) application, standard, the standard one, and then I got an extra special complicated one for bear because I thought, well, if you're going to be in here for a while, you know, I was just covering my eventualities before, yeah. beforehand on the basis that if I prepared for the worst, then maybe as it happened in the end, the vet would be like, no, actually, it's okay. She doesn't need to be incarcerated for the next nine months. So I prepared for the worst. Um, so it's summer, right? And I like, like, I have lots of plants around the yard and things. I do like my flowers, and I like it just looking, you know nice as nice as it can look and i have horses that munch through their occupying accoutrements and many pieces of the chomped up in seven seconds or less entertaining accoutrements had fallen between the sheet and the stable wall so they'd fallen down the back of it right down to the ground obviously it's too i can't get down my hand to get it because too high so there's now lumps of this lovely sugary horse entertaining item stuck down the back of the wall. Um, and then the wasps came. At first, it was just one or two wasps. <laughs> and I read somewhere that bees can tell other bees where there's, you know, a good place to get pollen. And I'm wondering if maybe wasps are the same. Because mm. the next day there was more wasps. And then we made a wasp trap with a jam jar and the dog got it and he ate all the fucking jam and water out of it. Bastard. <laughs> and then more wasps came and I was getting very worried because this evening there was, there was, there was a lot You're of wasps. Worrying like, you were going to run out of horse No, I was worrying that one you don't, you, I mean, no, the, you're going to be a bad hostess. <laughs> I've catered for, I've catered for several, not but several I, I, thousand. I, I, I realised that the reason why these wasps were coming en masse was because of this lovely sugary treat that was wedged down the back of the stable wall that I couldn't get to. And obviously they like sugary things. And I feel like one wasp had gone back and told his mate and then he told his mate. And then by this evening, there was like not too far off swarms and the horses were freaking out and I was freaking out because I absolutely know that if one of my stupid arsehole horses gets stung by a wasp and a flax it's probably dead before the vet gets here horribly horrible death no doubt it's just gonna happen 100% so I had to I was trying to find my my father-in-law bless him he's he's getting on in years and he's got one of those you know those stick things with the grabby yoke on the end the claw thing oh yeah 
and I was trying to find it to get the ah. the bits of God, I like, I'm so, so the... like I don't know if it's baby brain or just sheer fucking stupidity. I was like, why is she getting those to catch wasps with? No, but not I... to catch wasps. No. Um, I I, I was like, I need to get Good rid idea. of the, the what's attracting the wasps. Yeah, the the sugary, sticky, sweet horse entertainment accoutrement that was now wedged down the back of the wall. Um, so I couldn't find that. So then I had like Charlie briefly Charlie years ago was interested in doing things outside with me and he had a little rake and I managed to use the rake to get it down the hole to scrape up the bits of yeah lick and get them out but the wasps are still convinced that it's there so then I was like having to or fill waiting in behind for it to be wall. replenished yeah I had to fill in behind the wall with shavings and then there's one little hole right at the bottom of the floor and I plugged that up with haylage and then I was like spraying insect repellent and using my shoe to kill as many wasps as I could <laughs> it's just ridiculous so so far it would appear touch wood that there are no stung ponies I've caught two wasps this evening in my newly refurbished wasp catching accoutrement um item thing and the dog um is waiting for a crumpet to go with his jam for, yeah well I hope he doesn't because that'll be the next thing the dog will be like oh yeah brilliant wasps nom nom and then he'll yeah so yeah, wasps drove me to destruction this week. They're wankers. Well, what are they for? What are they for? Oh, wasps are really fucking annoying. I thought you were going to say you had a wasp's nest because we had a wasp's nest I was in beginning the soil to think that today. Um, next in to the, the field soil? gate. Yeah. Absolutely bastard. What did you do? Sprayed oven cleaner in it. That's what you're supposed to do, apparently. Is it? Yeah, I'm probably going to get fucking load if of I abuse I now. reported for... to the RSPCA yeah. for cruelty to us. If I sprayed oven cleaner around my wasp situation that hopefully mm. is now resolved would my horse a be allergic to oven cleaner and die horribly or b be allergic to oven cleaner and die horribly your horses are like my horses i'm Definitely gonna say a. a and b yeah and c probably i see yeah don't risk it um did it work though yeah it did um that's basically our answer to everything it has been ever since we moved here because like we just I haven't got a clue, you know, so like we got chickens and sheep and stuff and just basically when in doubt, we're just like Google. Like we had a oh, I'm going oh, way off on a tangent here. Um, sheep behaving badly, threatening them with your bottle of Mr. Muscle. <laughs> like literally, um, we had a really poorly sheep and she was one of our favourites. Um, she was called Crumper, actually. Um, and I read online on some like, because basically, you know, like if a non-horsey person google stuff they'll believe all manner of shite and if they were to tell you you'd be like oh fuck's sake sandra like no feeding your horse like a wrigley's chewing gums not gonna help its teeth like <laughs> basically i am that in like farm form so one of our sheep got poorly and i read that digestive biscuits because it wouldn't eat digestive biscuits would make a sheep eat and this sheep did eat a lot of digestive biscuits, but did also die. So, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? How do you unpick that mystery? I, I don't know if I should have used a hobnob. Like, yeah, absolutely. I had a sheep one time and it would mow you down. I mean, like, did knock the child down on several occasions <laughs> for a cheese and onion crisp. If the child came out eating crisps, he was like a marked man. I haven't tried it was like, crisps. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. We need salt and vinegar. Only, yeah, I only like cheese and onion. We need salt and vinegar. 
or smoky bacon when you'd like to sit. <laughs> this sheep was really, really partial to digestive. So I can yeah, recommend. Sheep are cool. So um, this is also about a wasp. It's been sent in by Natalie Briscoe. And she says, last weekend, she was taking her mare to meet a friend at a local farm ride to have a play in a jump. She was flying solo that day. So there was just her in the cab of her little three and a half ton horse box and her mare, Millie. It was a warm day, so she decided to put the window down. Now, that probably doesn't sound like a big thing, but a few years ago, whilst driving with the window down, she discovered that she was allergic to wasps. She says, some sadistic striped arsehole flew into my car and down my top. Ooh, (gasps) Christ. Stinging me twice. I managed to pull the car over before my vision went and I blacked out in the footwell. Fuck me. Not one of my finest moments. Anyway, since then, I've been armed with an EpiPen. Understandably, since the wasp incident, I have actively avoided driving with my window down. My car, thankfully, has aircon, but my trusty wagon does not. So you can see why it was a brave act for me to put the window down a couple of inches. But it was a warm day and I was already starting to sweat my ass off. Plus, the chance of getting a wasp through a two-inch gap was pretty slim, I thought. See, that's no, where she was... Like the mat, yeah. Because wasps. we know... If you challenge a wasp, it'll game up, yeah. Not only that, but just in our lives, just because something is unlikely to happen, that does not mean that it will not. There must be some equation, just because it's unlikely to happen means it's now 5,000 times more likely to happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So she said she was driving for several miles and enjoying the sunshine and the lovely cool air, so she got a bit cocky. Down went the window <laughs> and out went the elbow. It was right at that moment that something small and round came hurtling in, past my face and hit my dashboard. It sounded like a frozen pea had just collided with the speedo. I sat in horror, hoping to God it was some kind of stray seed from a tree or perhaps a kindly ladybug. For a few moments, there was nothing, just the sound of the engine and my pounding heart. Then there it was. A large and very, very angry minion of Satan was suddenly hurtling around my cab. He clearly had a bad headache from this encounter with my dashboard, and his buzzing sounded particularly rage-filled. I can't even describe the absolute terror as I'm driving along a winding country road on my own with half a ton of my most precious cargo in the back. Because obviously as a horse owner, that's one million percent. That would be my that's first thing. That's you go first. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter if I'm going like, to have full on anaphylactic shock. What horse will first. happen to Millie in the back? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So you want to know why I was a real wanker that day? You know, the life-saving EpiPen I mentioned earlier. Didn't have it. <laughs> That was in her bag, in her bedroom, eight miles away. With some miraculously quick thinking, I got both windows down fast and the resulting wind tunnel sucked the stripy git right past my face and out of the window it had come through. Oh, thank God. By some other miracle, I had refrained from soiling myself during this incident, but my God, I got those windows up fast. First lesson learned, it's far safer to sweat your arse off than drive with the windows down. Second lesson learned, the life-saving EpiPen won't be much use if it's at home in a handbag. Anyway, we had a lovely time on the farm ride and a far less eventful journey home. I've got visions of her arriving at shows because we've had some real hot weather. Literally, like, looking like she's been hosed down, like, wobbling out the thing. Like, not worth the risk. 
once that. She wants to get a dashboard beaten, man or something. Or yeah. once stung, twice shy. Yeah, and then I can add to that as well. Be very careful. And I, I, I'm be also being equally careful when I say this because I don't want to get sued. Be very careful if your horse is partial to an additional entertainment accoutrement <laughs> that might have a lot of sugar in it during the summer. Uh, be careful. That's what I'm saying. Box so rest another, is better another, in the winter. Yeah, that's another wasp thing that I personally had never thought about. Um, but that's awful, that poor girl. I like the fear as well. You know, like the fear must... <laughs> Like what do you do? You can't swerve to the side of the road, panicking and screaming, because the horse is going to be, you know, again, horse first. You can't give the horse the, you know, you can't risk upsetting or hurting the horse by erratic driving because of a wasp. So you're in that horrible catch twenty two, aren't you? Where you're like, can't panic, can't veer off course, can't make an emergency stop, but might also die. <laughs> so yeah that's not a good place to be i am so relieved that i do not need an EpiPen. there is no way i'm a responsible enough adult to bring an EpiPen. so not a gut and health daily medications like even those are like you know you're setting alarms on your phone is actually oh. so useless at adulting remembering being responsible all of those things i just can't do it but yeah. if the horse needs something have i ever missed a day of giving the price end no Yes, Am so I on time for vaccinations? Yeah. Mm, not always with me. <laughs> I've wasted a lot of Ben's money restarting courses. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, got two children. You're fine. I've only got one, so. <laughs> but yeah. The, the, I, I remember reading a story. Like I, I went through a phase years ago. You know those like trashy ladies magazines? Yeah. I just, sorry. Like take a break, not Playboy for anybody who was like trashy ladies magazine. No, no I knew like, you meant take, like my next door neighbour like yeah. lived in my attic and I didn't realize or something yeah yeah all these things like yeah. sometimes it's, I'm sure they're all made up and that's kind of you know it's it's I a bit like trashy people isn't there yeah well I don't know what's worse truth or fiction but whichever um I remember I read one this one time this woman this daughter had written girl had written in sorry that her mother had died because she was terrified of spiders and she was driving along in the car and it was a bit warm or whatever. And she put down the sun visor and there was a big ass bastarding spider up there and it fell down. And in her panic, she crashed her car and killed herself. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know if it's real or not, but I could certainly believe it. I'm a bit scared of spiders, to be honest. Maybe not that scared, but. I mean, I was, wasn't partial to that daddy long legs trying to introduce itself into my nostril, but. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's you know. And we so, see this, like, and yet we spend every day riding horses that <laughs> spook at puddles and birds and butterflies. And we're like, I was freaked out by a wasp or a daddy long legs, like it's a bad thing. Oh, like and yet we spend all of this time justifying, whenever justifying I tell a, people, a half ton animal can't go past a crisp packet. Yeah, whenever I tell people I'm frightened of cats, they're always like... Have you, has a cat... No. Has, have you ever been like, has a cat bitten you or scratched you or anything? No, but I just think that they look untrustworthy. Not that my well, horses look trustworthy, dogs. I'm to be fair but cats look particularly untrustworthy that just yeah. sums up horse riders doesn't it really nicely yeah i'm glad i'm glad she didn't get stung obviously i'm really glad she didn't get stung but hopefully now she'll remember her EpiPen. yeah so i think we will leave it there for this week and next week we are going to be super upbeat positive hopefully 
And <laughs> I think you've got some listeners' questions, didn't you? That we obviously haven't had time for today, so we will do them next week. So maybe if oh my god, uh, we complete. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you because you just reminded me. We have to, we have to, have to, have to mention. I meant to do it in the news section. I'm so sorry to the the company. The giveaway. So Kamikiba, I came across them first with Dr. Diane. She um. <laughs> Everything. where would we be without her I know the third, the third leg of the show was such there bless her um, she'd be like no I don't I, want I, to be I don't want to be <laughs> go away stop stop asking me things <laughs> yeah so we 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 ran a giveaway and we were given a performance pack from Quick Bar and we ran lots of posts across um the week showing people each individual product um and how how, how good they are and how how beneficial they are for riders who need a little bit of energy or need some help recovering from exertion or who doesn't need of, energy stiffness or soreness and help oh recovering. man i'm telling you yeah seriously it's really good and the winner of our performance pack was um nikki and aramis on instagram and creaky bar very efficiently got that posted out straight away to her and she has received it and she's absolutely over the moon so please check them out um on instagram they have a really really good informative interesting and busy instagram account and facebook as well so please just check them out and um, thank you so much to those guys for uh, their very generous prize donation and congratulations to the winner yeah that's amazing it'd be good if we can maybe try and do that a little bit more every so often we'll we'll maybe try and team up with a company and offer something to the listeners yeah it'd be great to be able to just give a little bit back wouldn't it yeah um and we all know that we need help as riders you know with energy and stiffness and yet it's always the horses that end up with the supplements but it's like we've discussed before isn't it like you have to look after yourself to look after your horse so that's really a really good a good giveaway so yeah thank you so much and yeah next time we will cover listener questions so if you have anything that you'd like to send in It was really lovely chatting to you and we will talk to you next time. Bye.